What I do is inconsequential. Why I do what I do is I get to shorten people's journeys every day. What I love about our hospitality industry is that it's our mission to make people feel cared for while on their journeys. Together, we'll explore what hospitality means in the built environment, in business, and in our daily lives. I'm Dan Ryan, and this is Defining Hospitality. Hey, everybody, just trying something out a little bit different today. Um, so one of my favorite things about doing these podcasts is I get to meet and collide with other thought leaders within our industry who have developed platforms that help us get just a little bit better each day. Um, and within hospitality it could be from design, entrepreneurism, culture, or even hospitality management. So today I'm going to introduce you to one of these platforms, um, that my friend Josiah McKenzie came up with called Hospitality Daily. It's a podcast and a newsletter. Um, Josiah, who's also a past guest from Defining Hospitality, I think it was episode 60, um, he, I think we called that one Surprise and Delight, which I think we can all get better at surprising and delighting everyone. But Josiah has built an amazing platform, this Hospitality Daily podcast. So it's, it's shorter form. So I'm going to include, I don't know, three or four of his past or more recent episodes. Um, but really his promise is that he wants to deliver inspiration from the best in our hospitality business. I, and that really resonates with me because all the people I'm talking to are pretty awesome and have a lot to share and can help all of us shorten our own journeys to surprising and delighting all of our stakeholders. Um, so again, the reason for doing this is I just think that we can all benefit from sharpening our saw a little bit and getting a little bit better each day to serve those five stakeholders as Danny Meyer, who I hope one day to have as a guest on here, likes to put it. And actually what's interesting, his stakeholders, there's five of them, and in order of importance, it's the team, it's the guests or the customers, the community, the suppliers, and then the investors. And what's interesting is, and I was actually pretty surprised by this, by putting the investors last as his last group of stakeholders in order of importance, it sounds unusual, but if you really take care of all four that precede it, your investors should get ample return. So without further ado, here are excerpts from my friend Josiah's podcast. The first one's called Don't Nickel and Dime Your Guests. Uh, that's with Tamara Mims from the Four Sisters Inns. Then we are ambassadors, Marlon Smith with Hotel Enzo. Then Lessons for Hospitality from New York City Nightlife from Britt Morgan Sachs from The June. Then How Are We Providing Hospitality Outside the Walls of Our Hotels by with Christian London from Nordic Choice Hotels. So everyone, please enjoy. Please follow and subscribe his. Please follow and subscribe ours. Um, and again, this is coming from a place of where we can all get a little bit better each and every day. Thanks. You can go and stay at a four or five diamond hotel and it's going to cost you a lot, but so will the water and so will the wine and everything seems to be four times more, whatever you're talking about. That's Tamara Mims, president and CEO of Four Sisters Inns. Whenever I stay at a Four Sisters property, I appreciate all the free amenities they provide and it always increases my feeling of loyalty to their company. And in today's episode, Tamara explains a little bit more about her thinking behind this strategy. Our hotels 
It can be expensive, but we always are cost conscious on that room rate to ensure that while our expenses have increased, of course, and everything has gone up, we're trying to find that delicate balance of raising our room rates, but also a guest really does feel like there's a value to it. We've always continued with the full breakfast, the wine and cheese or the wine and hors d'oeuvres that we do in the afternoon freshly baked cookies. At most locations, we don't have a charge for parking. We never charge for internet. Try to find items that don't cost us a lot, but that are like, wow, that's kind of cool. So many of our hotels have bicycles, complimentary. We're not charging for them. You're welcome to take it out. And half the time or most of the time, it's more just how fun it sounds. Oh, look, we could take bicycles out and no one's actually taking them out. So it's trying to find items like that can be really special to when someone's planning and preparing and thinking about a property. And even when they actually do take the bicycles out, it's a nice little bonus. At Newport Beach, we have beach chairs and we have coolers and beach umbrellas because no one wants to travel with all that stuff. And we know you're going to want it. And so we might as well just offer it and it's not costing us anything. Yes, of course we purchase it, but it's, it's not, there's not an ongoing expense. have to understand that we as hotel people we are ambassadors to our hotel our community our brand and our city we're able to really on a human level one-to-one level to really tell people how we feel about our city how we feel about our communities how we feel about our neighborhoods my name is marlon smith and i'm the general manager here at the hotel enzo in san francisco Welcome to Hospitality Daily. I'm your host, Josiah McKenzie. I'm really excited to bring you today's story because the Hotel Enzo's opening up just down the street from my home in San Francisco. Sometimes San Francisco gets some negative press in the media, but as someone who grew up here and lives here now, I know just how beautiful the city is. And so I'm really interested in the role of hospitality for telling a more accurate story of what a place is actually like. Here's Marlon explaining a little bit more about his own journey to hospitality leadership and how that informs how he thinks about this today. I think hotels are an extension of my childhood. I grew up on military bases. I'm a military kid. My father's a retired U.S. Army. I was surrounded by lots of different cultures, ethnicities, um, age groups. In the military world, you don't get to choose who your neighbor is. So there's no such thing as you living in a particular neighborhood that only has one particular group of people or one particular age group. So for me, being in hotels and being surrounded by so many different cultures, ethnicities, uh, it's fun for me. And it's truly an extension of everything that I've had in my childhood. All right. Now that you have that context, I want you to hear Marlon explain what it looks like to be an ambassador and provide remarkable hospitality. I think it really boils down to treating people as if they were coming to your home. We have a hotel, we have 131 rooms, but you have to treat every single guest as if that guest is your one and only guest. And you have to think of their needs and the attention to their needs like you do when you bring someone to your house. Like naturally, if you see someone in your house and you think that they're cold, you're going to ask them. Are you cold? Would you like me to turn on the heater? Would you like something to drink? 
But there are a number of questions that are always out there because you're always worried about how they feel and whether or not they're comfortable. And then naturally you want them to come back. And that's pretty much what hospitality is. You have to be on the forefront of thinking what the guests may need. You have to be on the forefront of actually reading body language and understanding when people may look confused or a little bit lost. My wife is a San Francisco native, and I remind her all the time that she lives in a destination city. I remind her that there are people from all over that save up time and money to come see San Francisco. You have to put yourself into their place. You have to think from their mindset. And you want them to have fun just like you want to have fun whenever you go anywhere else. And so that's what it's about. I think it's understanding empathy and just putting yourself in other people's shoes. And from there, I think everything else works itself out because the intent is there and it's a good intent and it's a true effort that's made. I love this approach and this mentality to providing hospitality. And I asked Marlon how he hires the sort of person who can provide this kind of welcome to guests. It's all about the conversation that we have within the interview. It's about the eye contact. It's a, it's about how this conversation feels. I usually bring in another manager as well. So that it ends up being a three person conversation because I want to see how that person moves around the room. I want to see their eye contact. I want to know the things that they're interested in. I want to know places that they've been, things that they've done. For me, a good portion of what we do in the hotel industry is learning to listen and be empathetic to people's needs and situations. And so for me, it's really about the conversation that I'm able to have with the employee because they're going to have to connect with my guest on an emotional level. And if they can connect with me on an emotional level, then I'm pretty confident with them connected with my guests later on. We are the true ambassadors. It's one of those things where when I go on vacation with my family, let's say I'm in Hawaii, I don't remember the GM of the hotel. I don't remember the director of sales. The people that I remember are the people that I directly interact with. So it's the front desk staff. It may be the person working behind the stand at the shaved ice place that I love to go to. But that's what we do as travelers. We go to those people and we ask those people for information and they provide us the keys to the local experiences, not the tourist experience, but the local experience. And that is what a vacation is all about. That is what a trip is all about. When you go anywhere with your family, you want to experience something. You want to watch your kids experience something new. So if you're in an area that doesn't have the benefits of a Japan town, this is a beautiful area for you and your kids to walk around for five or six hours and actually get some history on Japantown and history on the culture itself, believe it or not. We open the doors and we provide new experiences for people coming to our city. I know for me as a hospitality person, it's actually fun to talk to a person about what they want to do in the city and they're asking me about true local stuff. We're able to really, on a human level, one-to-one -one level, to really tell people how we feel about our city so in many ways, we get to be private cheerleaders almost in a way. Whether you call it being an ambassador or a cheerleader, I love this concept. It's all about anticipating what someone is going to be thinking about, what they're going to be feeling when they're thinking about visiting your city or your neighborhood and doing all you can to anticipate their needs, provide a warm welcome to them. This is hospitality at its best. And Marlon and his team at Hotel Enzo do a remarkable job with this. I'd love to get your take. What opportunities do you see to be an ambassador of your city, of your neighborhood for your hospitality business? Let me know on the Hospitality Daily LinkedIn page.
I graduated in 02 from Harvard with a government degree, but I knew I either wanted to work in hospitality or in the music business. I was reading an article about uh, in Elle magazine about Amy Sacco. And I was like, this woman's amazing. She's brilliant. I tore the article out of the magazine and I folded it up and I put it in my wallet. I was like, I don't know. I'm going to meet her one day and I'm going to try to work for this woman. And so I was definitely not cool enough to get into Bungalow 8. But one night I was with someone who was cool enough. And I had, you know, I've always had a lot of like chutzpah and been sort of precocious and, and fearless in this way. But I just went right up to Amy and I took the article out of my wallet. And I said, I just graduated from college and I read this and I'm so inspired by you. I want to come and work for you. That was Britt Morgan Sachs, founder of The June, who started her career working for Amy Sacco, creator and owner of the legendary Bungalow 8 in New York. Welcome to Hospitality Daily. I'm your host, Josiah McKenzie. Here's Britt explaining a little bit more about what she learned from Amy in this experience and how it can guide the way that we think about providing hospitality today. Where she came in one day and as most sort of hospitality and this was like a big club and restaurant and so of course our offices were in this like tiny little you know back of house like one little teeny window she'd come in and Amy's like six one she'd come into this and sit down and she's like okay we're going to build the room tonight right and so she would sit and she would email and this wasn't like people weren't texting she would email sort of everyone. She's like, okay, watch. This is how we're going to put this room together tonight. And she, I would sit with her and she would just craft emails and she would send that. And I was like, wow. The lesson there was like putting together a great room is everything, right? It's now we call it like curating or it's like building community. It's learning how to put together a room, whether you're an A&R, whether you're putting people together, finding new talent, whether you're a VC and you're an investor and you're looking... It's To me, it's all the same thing, right? It's how am I creating relationships? How am I creating value? How am I creating an environment? How am I doing this in a way that feels energetic, that is mutually beneficial, but doesn't necessarily feel transactional? is a real talent. But it's also something that is just innate because you have to have a a feeling about people. And you also have to have a feeling about the energy and the environment that you want to create and the experience that you want people to get and being in your presence and being in other people's presence. And that is everything, right? If you you can have the most fabulous space, you can have the most like, you know, fabulous people, whatever that means for you. And like, you know, you walk into a room and it's like dead zone and like the vibe is off and it's just like, it doesn't work. Or you could be in like some dive bar in the middle of nowhere. And you know, it's a vibe, like it's a thing, like people are making money, drinks are pouring, you know, so it's it really is a it's a skill. Um, it's it can be learned. But I do think you also just have to have innate sense of things. And I'm grateful that I have that. And I was also taught that I think by some really amazing people. And certainly Amy is one because I don't know if you ever went to Bungalow 8, but it was like the heart. <laughs> it was the greatest. It was the greatest place to be. Yeah. Um, and I would also say, and, and sorry if I'm going on about this, but you know, Amy also taught me something really important. Big shout out to Amy Saka, but which was, it's really hard. So a lot of those times, those things like are, it's hard to scale yourself. A lot of the t- reason people went to Bungalow is like to see Amy right? And to be around her because she is she is magic and she is magnetic. And I think there are a lot of people in this business who have that same quality, right? But it's also really, really exhausting. And it's very hard to 
scale a business when you are the person that has to bring the magic in, be there night after night after night after night. You you somehow have to like you know whether you're hiring incredible people and building amazing team, you have to imbue your space and your business with you know with your magic and with your vision and with those qualities. But um, it has to live like beyond you. And that was something that she, <laughs> she talked, she's like, Britt, like, I, I can't do this every night. Like you have to, when it's when your turn to do this, you know, you have to do it so that it's, that you're not sort of super stretched thin and that you can't be everywhere. You can't be there. Every, you have to build it bigger than you. It has to be about you, but, but bigger than you. It's doing things, you know, that feel small, but are also big. Right. And I think that that was a really important lesson. most frequent guests are maybe spending 60 days a year with us. And that means that we have 300 days that we're not talking to even the most frequent guests. We were thinking about how can we be more relevant for more people more often. My name is Christian Lundin. I'm Vice President of Strategic Growth at Nordic Choice Hotels. Welcome to Hospitality Daily. I'm your host, Josiah McKenzie. If some of Christian's most frequent guests are staying with his company 60 days a year, You have to think about, for the average person, they're only spending a couple days a year at hotels. So how do you expand your ability to provide hospitality beyond that? That's what we're going to be talking about today, and I want you to hear how Christian is thinking about providing hospitality in new, creative ways, not only to guests of his hotels, but the communities in which he operates in. Here's Christian. I have been working in the company for many years, trying to figure out new things around the hospitality and trying to see new abilities with new business models, technologies, partnerships, and the way we work. It's trying to see how can we break down the walls of hotels and become something more than just something that you're traveling to and become more in your everyday life. What are some of the core capabilities or opportunities that you see as a hotel company now looking to provide hospitality in new and creative ways. If we look at our industry and our business, it's, it's not that we are just selling beds and breakfasts. We are creating a, an experience, something really nice. The worst thing with hotels is that you need to check out sometime. So how can we deliver this kind of nice feeling and this nice atmosphere and surroundings and experiences, even if you are not spending time in our hotels? So uh, we started even earlier before the pandemic as well, trying to see how can we uh, give these kind of services for our guests, even in their own home. So trying to bring that nice hotel feeling into our members' own home. So we started a service that we still have called Hotel Feeling, where we actually come out and these kind of cleaning services would a plus. So you can actually order services from the hotel where we come and clean. We make your, you, we're bringing linen and bathrobes and the soaps and everything and make it feels like you're having your own little hotel in hotel room with everything connected to that in your own home. So that kind of subscription service that we offer already. So that is one way to deliver that nice hotel feeling. But then of course there's other places. So how can we be giving this kind of hotel feeling in, in other places? I mean, during work or if it's transportation or in your like free time. So this is what we are looking into now. How can this hotel feeling maybe become more on in, in the workplace? We see a lot of co-working places are trying to more or less copying what you're doing in a hotel. So why shouldn't we be able to do that as well in, in our version? So bringing a hotel feeling and that 
kind of extra services that, especially now where we see you work in a different way than maybe you did some years ago. And the workplace is becoming more like a social place. And then you're probably working at home when you're trying to get some peace and quiet and can do some real work. And then you're using the offices as some, somewhere when you can meet from your colleagues and talk and in, interact in a social way. So how can, so a lot of thoughts are around how we can spend more time in the offices. And here is a lot of thoughts around from the companies that we are working with and big companies that actually see that getting this kind of nice hotel breakfast or lunches or workouts or spa or after work, whatever you can bring to the table in your offices that makes people want to come to their offices is many things that you already see in hotels. So do you see the bigger opportunity in going into other companies' offices and providing these services or inviting people to your hotels to work from the hotels? I I see both ways, actually. We were, we have been at from really huge companies to look at, look into creating their environment for the new head offices. So they see the benefits, of course, that someone with that by creating these communities and then places where people like to meet and be instead of having some corporate doing it for them. So then I think that is one possibility, but of course it's also bringing them to us. So we become more relevant as well in in our neighborhood for people that to have some good place to, to stay, but also we already have all the facilities. So we maybe the gym is maybe not used that much during the day. So it's better than to have someone else from the neighborhood working in our hotels becoming a part of, of our community, even if you're not traveling. It's an interesting idea because I'm actually working from a WeWork today, which has a nice, as you mentioned, social atmosphere. It's, a, it's an open community space, but hotels have amenities that WeWork does not have. Yeah. And you mentioned the gym. Are there any other aspects of what you offer that you think present an interesting opportunity for co-working or inviting people to work from your properties? You have the gym and those kind of obvious things. But of course, we, as we do it, we have our own headquarters in one of our hotels. And we see that the benefits are like being able to offer this kind of hotel breakfast every morning makes you having a really good start. And that makes also it's more alive in your hotel and also for the employees to, to feel that they have a good start and, and a little bit of a luxury uh, services as well. But we also see that, of course, we have all the conference rooms and facilities and used to take care of people the, and have this kind of a working environment for conferences, events. So even those kind of things with having special locations or guest chefs or speakers or whatever it could be, we used to have these kind of things for our conference guests and it can easily be translated into normal office co-working spaces as well. So I see a lot of benefits, but this is also something that we can collaborate with other companies with as well. So we don't need to do all the things that we are talking about now by ourselves. It's also very interesting to see collaborations and with other companies that could be interesting too. It's interesting. It feels there's so much opportunity, as you mentioned, everything from house cleaning to office amenities to providing a place to work from. How do you evaluate such a wide range of opportunities and figure out which of these you're going to pursue and invest in? That that is the big thing right now. And many other things is if we like 
to expand what we are and expand the universal services and our experiences, we need to consider where we will start. And we have started with some of the things already. And but I think it's very much into trying and testing things in a smaller scale and see if it works. We are now having some hotels with room for gamers. And we started in a very small with some few hotel rooms and we saw that they were always sold out. So now we'd like to expand that. So there are areas that we just don't know about because it's new and no one has done it. And then we don't go big for the first place. It's try it, uh, test and try it and see what succeed. I see there are also areas that maybe we haven't touched into. So we see that becoming a retail or hotel as a service, whatever, there's a lot of potential even in the retail or e-commerce area where we see that Hotels could easily be like a um, showroom for retailers. We are open 24-7. We have staff. We have things that you are surrounded with that you normally may not be able to test before you buy. And we have all that kind of, of space as well that we see that it could be really inter- interesting to take a look at how if you're buying a bed, then you go to a store, maybe test it for five minutes. In our hotels, you can test it for two, one or two nights. So it would be obviously the best place to try on and test or tell that. Or then, so when would you, when you would like to buy your bed, then where would you like to go to test it out? So I think there is a lot of opportunities also in that space, trying to deliver that kind of services for other companies to, to partner up with in, in those areas. So I, it's a lot of new areas and that we could bring that nice feeling and uh, hospitality into other areas that we haven't uh, looked into before. I'm really excited about this. The hotel industry is obviously coming off of a few very difficult years, but it also seems an opportunity to expand the way that we think about ourselves as hospitality providers, right? Not only to guests, but new ways of engaging our communities, people around us, and also unlock a lot of new revenue streams, which is more important than ever. Hospitality Daily is brought to you by HotelOperations.com, my website that shows you how to empower your teams to deliver results. Every Monday morning, I publish a weekly briefing that includes new case studies, research, and how-to guides that I've written with input from top hotel operations leaders around the globe. Sign up to receive this for free at HotelOperations.com newsletter. I'm also working on another project that might interest you. People often ask me what technology they should use to run their hospitality business. It's hard to know which of the many different property management systems is best. Rather than answering this question myself, I want you to hear the experiences of others. So I'm creating an independent guide with and for hotel operators about this. If you're interested, you can learn more and request early access at propertymanagementsystems.com. Again, that's one word, propertymanagementsystems.com. And that's it. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or colleague. If you have any feedback, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me, editor at hospitalitydaily.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.